0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with me is attorney Mike Ferris. He's chancellor of Patrick Henry College and chairman of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And Mike has served as a constitutional appellate litigator, as a lead counsel in the United States Supreme Court, eight federal circuit courts, and the appellate courts of 13 states. Mike has been a leader on Capitol Hill for over 30 years and is widely respected for his leadership in the defense of homeschooling, religious freedom, and the preservation of American sovereignty. Mike, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule today and joining our listeners.
1: I am very happy to be with you, Dan.
0: Today we want to discuss the controversy surrounding the Indiana Religious Freedom Restoration Act. And, Mike, there seems to be a growing schism developing over religious liberty in our nation, and now in particular in Indiana with Governor Mike Pence's signing of this bill. Um, could you help us understand some of the background and what the bill actually says?
1: Sure. The, um, the Indiana bill, the original one especially, uh, was patterned after the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act, I was the co chairman of the group of lawyers who wrote the federal RIFRA law. Uh, in fact, I'm the guy who named it RIFRA. Uh, so if everybody's upset with these initials, you've got me to blame. Um, uh, initially, um, our federal RIFRA law was applied both to the federal government and to the states, but the Supreme Court a couple of years later ruled. Um, basically on a federalism basis, it's a little more complicated than that, but that's close enough, um, that the federal RIFO law could only be applied to federal issues, and the states, if they wanted to have religious freedom laws, had to pass their own. And so uh, a bunch of states did uh, right away, and, you know, it's been almost 20 years ago now, and uh, um, one by one has been added to, and there are uh, just over... 20 states that have uh, state referral laws. And so Indiana's uh, law that Mike Pence originally signed last week was a run of the mill, routine religious freedom law patterned virtually exactly off the uh, federal law. Now, the only the only differences were in some um, some details that were added, but those details were absolutely consistent with the Supreme Court's interpretation of the Federal rifle Law in the Hobby Lobby case that came last summer. And so, um, so, it, and the reason all this is necessary is because the Supreme Court tossed religious freedom into the constitutional trash can um, in 1990 in a case called Employment Division versus Smith, and. Everybody was alarmed. Uh, uh, Jews, Buddhists, Muslims, Baptists, Pentecostals—everybody that knew all the religious freedom litigators. Anyway, we knew that they had done grave disservice to all religions, and so this coalition was formed. And our commitment was this: religious freedom is for everybody. Well, it's obvious now that uh, that's not believed anymore in this country, and and so uh, we're in a really different world right now.
0: Mm. Indeed. Uh, It looked like we did need this Riffer law, um, particularly because of the 1990 case. Uh, You'd think that uh, we wouldn't even need it if we have a First Amendment.
1: You would think that, but in so many respects... There are two constitutions in this country. There's the Constitution as written, and there's the Constitution as interpreted by the Supreme Court. And I don't know of a single instance where the Constitution as interpreted by the Supreme Court is better than the original one, including this area. Um, the Supreme Court has messed us up in so many respects that uh, you, we need to understand that the Supreme Court really is the problem. And if they hadn't messed us up, either the first or the second decision, none of this would ever have happened in Indiana this would have all been decided about but based on the First Amendment and nobody would have the audacity to try to get somebody to repeal the First Amendment but that's what they would have to do
0: now in particular now why why is there so much controversy surrounding the Riffer Law enacted in Indiana I guess Arkansas also is is in the news as well right
1: <clears throat> well the the reason there's controversy is there are a limited number of cases where there is a clash between same-sex marriage and religious freedom. If a same-sex couple wants to come to, I go to Percival Baptist Church. If they want to come to Percival Baptist Church and rent our facilities for a wedding, Percival Baptist is going to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and so if, if they could sue Percival Baptist for violating their rights under some non-discrimination law, then the question is whether or not Percival Baptist would have a defense. Before 1990, Percival Baptist would have defended on the First Amendment and would have won. Yeah. But since 1990, that's all up in the air. And so these these Riffer statutes were designed to protect those kinds of situations. Now, it's also true, if, you know, th- that uh, Um, photographers, Christian photographers, have been forced to go and take photos of a same-sex wedding ceremony, or actually when they were refused, they were sued for violating people's rights. And, you know, bakers have been sued for refusing to use their artistry to write on the top of a cake, you know, happy marriage, Adam and Steve. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... I mean, it's, it's it's such a contrast to the traditional doctrine. There's a uh, a famous case from the Supreme Court um, involving New Hampshire license plates, where on the New Hampshire license plates it's, it says "Live Free or Die," and somebody covered up that because they didn't believe it. And the Supreme Court ruled that nobody can be forced to endorse words they don't believe. Mm-hmm. Well. These bakers are being forced to endorse words they don't believe they're They're being forced to write on top of wedding cakes, "Happy wedding, Adam and Steve." And so this is contrary to freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of association. Uh, and it's 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 violating another really fundamental tenet of religious freedom uh, litigation, and uh, one of the one of the standards that's always used in such cases is, is there a less restrictive alternative? Meaning, can the the government's objective be accomplished in a way that doesn't violate these people's religious beliefs? Well, if the government's objective is to make sure that same-sex couples can get wedding cakes, there are any number of bakeries that would be happy to bake the wedding cakes. Oh, sure, sure. And so, you know, it would be a closer case if the person was performing some kind of service that you couldn't get elsewhere, you know, there was no realistic alternative for them, mm-hmm. then, you know, I, I still think religious freedom should win, but it would be a harder case. But it, and these should be simple cases, because as long as there's a, a reasonable alternative available for the person, the government shouldn't use its power to force the, you know, one of the people supplying an alternative to violate their religious beliefs. There is a way for the government to ac- accomplish its objective, making sure that this person has access to a wedding cake without violating somebody else's religious freedom. So it's, it's you know, short of it is this. We have to decide in some cases which is more important, religious freedom or homosexual marriage.
0: Mm, okay, right.
1: And... And obviously, I believe that religious freedom should win that every single time. Sure, But our society has decided that homosexual marriage is more important than religious freedom.
0: Mm. Just an observation here. I am no legal expert, but my hunch, just a hunch, is that suppose a a Christian couple owns a combination bakery-restaurant, I would doubt very much they would have a problem uh, serving lunch to a um, same-sex couple— but I could see where they would have a problem participating in their uh, ceremony and, and thereby doing, doing the cake for it.
1: it. That's exactly right, because ceremonies have significance, and ceremonies are religious in character. Right. And so there, there's so many levels where coerced participation in a ceremony is pretty much like Daniel being told he had to bow down to the idol, Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's a ceremony, and and so um, you know if there's anything that's supposed to be a a really basic tenet in our um, our canon of religious liberty. Beliefs is that nobody can be coerced to participate in any kind of religious ceremony. Really? Well, weddings are religious ceremonies. Guess what? And and whether they're secular or not, they're still religious ceremonies. I mean, a secularism is for this purpose protected by First Amendment values, and so it it cuts both ways. If it's religious for protection, it's religious for the for these purposes as well. And so um, you know, there's 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 just no honorable way that we can. Coerce people to to do this, but so your you know your point is exactly exactly right.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, again, just looking at this, real simple, and you know watching the news and whatnot, which by the way, TV is just really the pits anymore. But anyway, the uh, RIFRA um, does it really authorize discrimination against same sex couples? Because it seems like that's the way this is being spun.
1: Well, I put up on my Facebook page a challenge last week. It said. Can any of the uh, the Riffra hysteria crowd quote the section of the Indiana law that promotes hate? They couldn't. No. I mean, it, it's, it's nonsense. Um, but they, you know, you know, logic and reading the statute and doing careful scholarship didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It just didn't matter. Screaming was the order of the day. <laughs> um and the the you know if it was just the screaming of the homosexual left i think that the indiana law was would have survived rather than being substantially amended in a bad way mm-hmm. uh late last week um it was the corporate pressure that was added to the screaming it was Alaska airlines canceling all the flights in indianapolis it was um, Ten million dollars worth of hotel reservations being cancelled for a convention, and so it's, it really if we want to know who the real enemy of traditional values are it 's these corporations, including walmart oh my that that coerced the governor of Arkansas to go away from the 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 clean form of of rifra into a compromised form of rifra. Um, last week there as well, and so um, it's just astonishing to me that Walmart would do such a thing. Um, I guarantee you the homosexual left does not shop at Walmart very much. Mm -hmm. There's a whole lot of traditional people, including me, that shopped at Walmart, but I'm going to find other ways to shop other than (laughs) going to Walmart.
0: Mike, are there other examples, um, historical examples, of of religious objections to complying with non-discrimination laws?
1: One that comes to mind is that um, I was in a hearing 30 years ago where a headmaster of a black Muslim school was complaining about the application of a race discrimination law to him, to his school, because he said he believes that all white people are satanic and that the only people that should be able to teach at his school are black Muslims. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously, I don't agree with anything he says about any of that, but I do agree with, you know, black Muslim schools should have the right to hire only black Muslims. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, that's the one experience that comes to mind. Basically, no, not really. We, um, I don't know of any successful religious objection ever raised to a non-discrimination law, um, and the only only attempts to raise it are only in the last few years, and that is you know in the homosexual context. There, um, you know, other than the homosexual context, I was in court. I, w- I wasn't a lawyer, but I was there as a friend of the lawyer who was doing the case, John Whitehead. Um, but I was in the courtroom the day that he argued this uh, in San Francisco in the late 1970s um, where an Orthodox Presbyterian church uh, found out their minister of music was a practicing homosexual and they confronted him and he, uh, you know, was defiant and they fired him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he sued under the city's anti-discrimination law. And um, John Whitehead successfully defended him on the first amendment. Now this was, you know, Ten years or so before the Supreme Court ruined the First Amendment as a source of defense for these kinds of things, mm-hmm. and so, but you know, we're talking about bigger things than just the the gay rights context. Doctors can be forced perform abortions if they, if they uh, you know, if you don't perform abortions, it will hold you to be discriminating, and, you know, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you, a doctor works for a government hospital, they could be ordered to do so today, and religious freedom would be necessary to defend that doctor's rights. You know, if, if a church serves real wine for communion, and if a sheriff is crazy enough to apply the law strictly, the law literally says that the pastor of the church can't give communion wine to a minor, and the First Amendment would not be available to defend the, the pastor in that circumstance thanks to this decision of yeah. Employment Division versus Smith in 1990, which is why we passed RFRA, is to fix stuff like this. Oh, yeah. And so unless—there's only, there's only really two choices. If your state constitution— can be interpreted more generously than the federal Constitution. That's one defense. And the other defense is a state referral law. And so you've got to have something other than the First Amendment to defend the pastor in that situation. And so mm-hmm. the, the, the general rule is if the law is neutral and general, you can't get a religious exemption from it, which is you know, the world I've spent my life in for the last 30 years is homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Neutral general laws said you've got to have your kids taught by a state-certified teacher. Well, that banned homeschooling for 99% of the families. Yeah. And when when people said, we um, have a religious objection to sending our kids to government schools, we believe that God requires us to teach our own kids, we were able to raise religious freedom claims. And the religious freedom claims um, ultimately boil down to... Um, are Are we meeting the government 's interest by homeschooling in a way that doesn 't violate our religious beliefs sure. so that boils down to if the kids are doing well academically, the government 's needs are being met, and you don 't need to violate people 's religious beliefs so using the the same legal standards that are in the rifra case, we won those kind of cases, the Supreme Court of Michigan, for example. Mm. we won that case on that that very basis by showing you know the kids do well. You know, the government's objective of having literate kids is being satisfied. And so there is there is no reason to have this draconian alternative of forcing everybody into the government schools. And so, you know, that's the way the system has worked well for a long time. But the homeschooling freedoms were in jeopardy, pastors, churches, and Christian businesses. In fact, I, when, when we were holding the hearings on RFRA um, and in our negotiations over it, I often talked about my parents, at the time, uh, owned a Christian bookstore. They've since sold it, and my dad passed away, my mom's retired. But but at the time, Riffer was being considered, they owned this Christian bookstore. And I said, you know, uh, know, under the current law, if we don't have some kind of a, a, a Riffer statute a Muslim could come in and say, I want to work in your Christian bookstore. My parents couldn't say, no, we only hire Christians because we want people to be able to relate to the material and to the audience. And so it was even discussed in the federal RIFRA applying this to a business context. Mm Because I know I was there, and I talked about my parents' store, which was incorporated. (laughs) So the idea that corporations can't do it, oh, no, 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 corporations can do it, as the Supreme Court held in the Hobby Lobby case. So... Which was, by the way, Hobby Lobby was decided under the federal RIFRA. The only reason Hobby Lobby got out of having to pay for abortion insurance uh, was because of the federal RIFRA, mm. and so it wasn't decided on on constitutional grounds. It was decided on RIFRA grounds.
0: Well, today I'm talking with Attorney Mike Ferris, and he is Chancellor of Patrick Henry College and Chairman of the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. We've been talking about the Riffer Law out in Indiana, and uh, Mike, I'm so glad you steered into homeschooling a little bit, because one thing is our listeners recognize your voice because they listen to Homeschool Heartbeat, and uh, we appreciate the content on that program. And I I just want to thank you publicly for what you've done for all of us homeschoolers in, in helping protect our rights to homeschool our children.
1: Well, I really appreciate that, Dan, and I'm glad to know that you're, uh, you and your audience, there are a lot of homeschoolers there, and thank you for your station playing our program. for. We've been doing that for many, many years, so thank you for your partnership in that. Yeah. And um, the homeschooling is actually a, an interesting next venue for these battles because the, the so-called advocates of tolerance have actually started publishing law review articles that argue that all private schools... And especially home schools should either be philosophically regulated or banned entirely, because we're teaching our children to be intolerant. And what they mean by intolerant is we're teaching our kids that Jesus is the only way to God, mm-hmm. that um, you know that we teach them that homosexuality is a sin. We, you know, Jesus is the big sticking point in their minds, but these other things get their you know get in their craw as well. Mm. Um, and so. The advocates of so called tolerance openly say, "We will not tolerate people we deem to be intolerant," which is defies both grammar and logic um, and it shows you that our country is going backwards because tolerance is a cheap imitation of religious liberty, uh, for example, the toleration Acts of William and Mary of sixteen eighty eight Allowed you to differ from the Church of England only in five narrow ways, and if and your your church doctrine and your pastor both had to be reviewed by the uh, anglican bishops and if you didn 't differ too much, then they would tolerate you mm. um, so so toleration in, a, in that legal context means You get to occupy a second-class status as long as you don't differ too much. But if you differ more than the accepted amount, we will crush you. Mm. That's what it meant then, and that's what it means now. Whereas religious liberty means the soul of man, the heart of man, and the actions that flow from religion are beyond the power of government to regulate. Mm. And so the forces of tolerance want to go back to the days of heresy trials and persecutions of those that differ, and we will be the persecuted.
0: Mike, do you see, uh, I'm probably putting words in your mouth here, but do you see an increase in government encroachment on our freedoms?
1: Well, I only see it on days that end in Y, like Monday, (laughs) Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know. Yes! All all the time. Yeah. Um, And it's getting worse. Yes. Um, And, you know, it's getting worse by the day, and... You know, at a theological level, uh, government is trying to usurp the role of God, because there's two philosophies of government that are relevant here. One is the purpose of government is to provide for our needs, and such a government usurps the role of God. Because, you know, rather than Jehovah Jireh, this is government Jireh. And a government like that can never sustain true liberty, nor... Um, will it ever put up with competitions from traditional religions, specifically Christianity. Mm. Uh, And the other purpose of government is to protect life, liberty, and property. And so the longer we pursue a government which has as its purpose uh, to provide all, all of our needs, it will become more and more like the Soviet Union, where it understood that religion was an enemy of the
0: state. Yes. Now, Mike, I see we have about two minutes left. Um, suppose someone wants to learn more, maybe study some of your resources. Do you have a link or something you could share where they could go and, and learn more?
1: Sure. Uh, HSLDA's uh, webpage, uh, we have a a resource that you you can go to of hslda.org backslash RFRA, and we'll, we'll assemble some materials there that people can go and read. I also have a Uh, a new version of a book I previously wrote it has been updated a little bit uh, coming out in the next few weeks called The History of Religious Liberty. And and that'll be up on our website here within the month.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And what we'll do is uh, this broadcast will be up on our website as a podcast, and God willing, we will list uh, those references there in case you missed them, dear listener, and you can go and check that out. Mike Ferris, thank you so much for joining us today, and we just uh, appreciate you, brother, all the labors that you're putting in on behalf of Christians in this nation. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And for Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Quick reminder, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.